As a teacher, you won't be able to address the specific needs or patterns of disharmony of each individual student. But what I think you can offer them is a generalized approach to working with their whole being, a generalized approach that includes posture, breath, intention, and attention that anyone can use. They can creatively collaborate with these elements to customize within their own experience a way to nudge their body and their particular pattern towards homeostasis. Hello everyone and welcome to Everyday Sublime. This is your host Josh Summers and I'm delighted to have you here. What you were just listening to was an excerpt from this episode where I give you my what I consider my functional approach to energy work. Specifically a functional approach to how yin yoga collaborates with the organs and channels of Chinese medicine to support harmonization of qi. And in this talk today, I go through the kind of the four main features of qi harmonization or what harmonized qi is like. And I try to thread that to the broader spiritual development about how I feel harmonized qi supports uh, samadhi, the state of unified, collected, gathered and interconnected existence that is sort of the platform or the foundation from which wisdom emerges in our minds and hearts. In the process of harmonizing one's qi and, and developing samadhi, I also discuss in this talk how uh, that process or that practice supports the sensitivity or the developing sensitivity of attention to cause and effect within one, one's own experience. So one develops a sensitivity to karma. And awakening to the karmic dynamic within one's own experience allows the practitioner to also refine through practice this, their sensitivity to those dynamics, which allows for a greater skillfulness in relationship to whatever conditions may be arising in one's life. So there's a lot here in this broad uh, kind of meta view of how I see yin yoga uh, functionally supporting the harmonization of qi in one's spiritual practice. But before I give you that talk, I just want to uh, let you know and build awareness around an online yin yoga and Chinese medicine course that I'm running um, online this, this spring from March 1st through May 31st. So it's three months this spring. It's a way for you as a teacher or practitioner to spring into a deeper understanding of the really the functional elements of Chinese medicine and how I feel that yin yoga collaborates with those elements to strengthen, circulate, and optimize our, or harmonize our qi. Now this is the latest iteration of this course that I've been giving for a number of years as part of my yin yoga uh, certificate training program. Um, and I would say that the pandemic, the last few years of the pandemic have really given me a chance to, I think, connect dots on a deeper level. That's one of the, the comments that students have given me when they've taken the course is that there's familiar material that I share that other folks are talking about, but there's somehow a way that I'm connecting the dots between the uh, functional elements of Chinese medicine at a, at a way that uh, synthesizes and ties things together more cleanly. So the content of this course is delivered over five weeks of emails. Each week uh, from the beginning of whenever you register, you'll receive pre-recorded lessons that I give, pre-recorded practices of yin yoga and yin pranayama. And um, you'll also receive access to our live, our four live Q&A sessions with me. 
And if for whatever reason you're not able to attend those live sessions, you will receive the recordings to those question and answer sessions. Um, the content or curriculum of the training uh, really is what I try to do is distill my four years of training to become an acupuncturist in graduate school. And I try to distill the essential elements of that master's program into a 50-hour course that I think brings the, the essence of the, of the Chinese medical model to an application within yin yoga. And my intention is to allow practitioners and teachers just to feel more confident and capable of sharing and framing uh, the, the sort of scope and, and nature of their practice um, around this material. So we cover yin-yang theory, which is essential, the foundation to understanding Chinese medicine. I go over the three treasures, which include our essence and qi and spirit. And that's sort of our holistic axis of health that um, I believe yin yoga helps align with and optimize. I also cover the vital substances. These are the pure energies of Chinese medicine, our essence, qi, blood, and I add spirit to that. And we look at how the yin organs, the internal organs of Chinese medicine, collaborate together to help store, produce, and circulate these vital substances for our health. Um, relevant to all this is the location, anatomy, and function of the channels or meridians, and we cover the 12 main channels of Chinese medicine in this course. Um, but really the heart of it, I would say, is how I believe yin yoga collaborates with the organs, the vital substances, the channels to uh, facilitate an internal experience of harmonization. Uh, whereby our body's energy is nudged towards homeostasis, towards self-regulation, and towards optimal health, both of our body, our energy, our psycho-emotional being, and then even our spiritual being. So that's the holistic framework or the holistic spectrum. And I really think yin yoga, with its various kinds of practices, both the posture, breathing, and psycho-spiritual practices of meditation and, and heart cultivation, that these all collaborate together to, to support what I keep referring to as harmonization of qi. So this course is open to anyone with a sincere interest. You don't have to intend to teach. It is for teachers if you want uh, a certificate in this uh, training, uh, which is worth 50 hours with, with Yoga Alliance. So either as a teacher intending to share this with others or as just a sincere practitioner looking to deepen your own practice, we welcome you to this course. There's a link for you in the show notes on the yin yoga and traditional Chinese medicine training occurring with me this spring from March 1st through May 31st. Now, just a quick note, in this talk, you will hear a slight tapping in the background. That's me writing on my iPad with my stylus as I'm making notes on the lecture slides that go with this course and with this talk. Um, so that's just a reminder, this is the second talk in my course, Yin Yoga and Traditional Chinese Medicine Training. And um, there's going to be a little bit of background noise that I edited mostly out, but a few little clicks remain. So with your patience on that, I hope you enjoy today's talk. And now, without further ado, I give you today's talk, A Functional Approach to Harmonizing Qi with Yin Yoga. Okay, so the first theme that I want to cover with you all is 
um, how yin yoga is a form of energy cultivation similar to qigong. It's a form of energy work. And I'm intentionally borrowing the phrase from Paul Greeley here called a functional approach. And I want to think about uh, working with the energy in yin yoga in a functional way and, and really map out or describe what are the functional pieces, what are the functional elements of, of this approach. And the first thing um, that we talk about in the functional approach is the intention. What is the intention for the practice? Now, in, um, in yin yoga on a physical level, when we talk about aligning our body, we talk about the functional approach to alignment. And I, I'm guessing that that's familiar to everybody, but that the functional approach begins with what's the intention for the pose? So that's on the gross level. Why do we do the pose? And the answer is that we're trying to stimulate the body in a particular area or areas. So on a physical level, we talk about the target areas and, um, and, and how we achieve that is dependent on what we feel when we come into the pose. So if, if our alignment it works for our body, our, our specific body will feel the intended targeted sensation. But if we try one form or try one version of the pose and we don't feel the targeted experience, i.e. the experience we have in the pose is not in alignment with the pose's intention, then we adjust, we modify. So the, the main intention, I would say, of yin yoga from an energetic perspective is to harmonize the chi, the harmonization of chi. And, and I just like to, to spell out what that involves from my perspective. So harmonize chi, if I were to go through this with you, harmonize chi really has about at least four broad aspects. And one, the first aspect is that you're able to have, you're able to digest your food and have energy for your life. That's putting it in the, in the, in the starkest and simplest uh, way. So there's good digestion with energy for meaningful work, or sometimes I would just say meaningful engagement. So you can think of this, and I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally being a little bit general here to include not just physical energy, but sort of our psycho-emotional, spiritual energy. You know, are we able to digest our food? Do we feel calm inside? Does this digestion produce energy for meaningful engagement with our life? Um, and if this function, which is in Chinese medicine, usually uh, coined with a phrase uh, transformation, where we the body and particularly the organs of digestion transform the raw materials of food, fluid, and air into vital life energy or, or, or life force within us so that we have the necessary energy for what we need to do in our lives. And we feel engaged and, and, um, and we feel that there's meaning within our engagement. So good digestion is one uh, marker of harmonized chi. 
a second one, a second function of, of harmonized chi is that it supports a sense of relaxed aliveness. Um, and I, you know, one, another phrase for this that I like is that, um, is that it supports an emotional balance or an emotional embodied balance, meaning that the, the inner landscape of our emotions are not, uh, not level, you know, just completely flat, but, but that we're able to navigate, um, our emotional landscape in a way that, um, allows us to thrive and not be, uh, kind of hooked or or determined by our emotional experience. And that is a we'll we'll cover this over the over the, the course, but this is a function of the chi being able to tra- being able to transport things and move things through the body. And that can seem a little bit strange. Like what does transportation of chi have to do with relaxed aliveness? Well, um, as we'll see, if the chi doesn't flow well, our emotions can get stagnant. So the 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 chi and the emotions are are flowing in tandem or in parallel with each other. They're not separate. And so if the energy is stuck, this can lead to emotional fixations or emotion, chronic emotional stagnations, which um, uh, affect our psycho-spiritual being, but also can have a physical effect on our body at the organ level itself. So having the energy flow well, having good flow of energy produces or, or supports this, this sense of relaxed internal environment or relaxed aliveness. The third aspect of harmonized chi um, is that it will confer, the way I'm describing it is robust immunity. You have a robust immune system to physical and psycho-emotional pathogens. So in the Chinese, in the Chinese uh, medical canon, we often hear about the physical pathogens, and we'll be looking at these that are these are the evil energies or the bad energies that disrupt the harmonized flow of our energy, um, and these include heat, cold, wind, dampness, and dryness. And if any of these um, environmental climates of excess heat, excess cold, excess damp, excess wind, excess dryness, if any of these uh, challenging climates disrupt the flow of chi, we, we get into a state of disharmony. We get into a pattern of disharmony that causes ill health or disease. Um, so protecting the body from these uh these, these pathogenic influences or these exogenous uh, pathogenic climates is one of the functions of strong, healthy, flowing chi. So there's a defensive function here. This is your immune chi, your defensive chi. Um, but I add into this uh, the element of psycho-emotional pathogens. Like, so so strong, the strong emotions like anger or rage or excessive anxiety or excessive fear these um, these strong emotions will dysregulate or disrupt the free flow of chi, which can affect our physical health. So that's why I add that element in: is that the health of our overall holistic being isn't just about you know protecting us from say a virus or the invasion of bacteria. It's also protecting us from the kinds of afflictive emotions that can dysregulate both our life and our health. 
So this, this idea of having robust immunity to physical and psycho-emotional pathogens is, is an, um, a development of our experience when our chi is better harmonized. And lastly, uh, I say that harmonized chi supports an experience of generalized warmth. And just like the last one, last uh, point, generalized warmth includes the, the physicality of the body so that our body isn't cold. And, and, and that includes the extremities. Um, sometimes people have cold hands and feet, uh, which tends to suggest that the chi is, is blocked somewhere. You mean the torso or the, the proximal part of the body, the, 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 the torso, the spine, um, this, this part of the body may feel warm, but the hands and feet feel cold. And that's an indication that there's, there's, there's warm chi um, to be circulated, but it's not getting circulated to the extremities. So it's a kind of chi stagnation. So when the chi is flowing better, the, the body feels warm. And specifically, as we'll see, as we look into the functions of the spleen, which is the main digestive organ, our digestive system needs adequate amounts of yang warmth or yang fire energy to transform the raw materials of food and fluid to produce and extract more chi. So the physicality of warmth is very important, but to this generalized warmth bullet point, I would add that we're also talking about a warmth of heart, a warmth of spirit, a generosity of spirit, a kindness that comes. And these are, these are very much correlated. I think when our chi is flowing better, we, and that's a theme that I'll try to uh, open up when we look at the specific functions of the psycho or the specific psycho emotional functions of the organs that we'll see that uh, they're, they're, the practice of, harmon of harmonizing our chi does kindle positive virtuous qualities of the heart, whether it's compassion, courage and wisdom uh, or calmness or just love it, these these qualities start to be engendered they're, they're engendered and developed within the experience of harmonized chi and lastly i would i'm just going to add this here so that we make it make sure it gets into our conversations is that these this experience of harmonized chi starts to lead to a sense of samadhi and by that, I just mean a sense of unified being where our minds, our bodies, our breaths, our heart are not dispersed or kind of scattered from each other, but are actually gathered together and, and brought into a unified experience. So a sense of unified being, which is often subjectively how I would describe how I feel when I'm done with a yin yoga practice. After I've gone through my yin yoga practice, I always feel much more gathered, calm, contented, uh, collected, and unified. So the big intention for yin yoga within the energetic cultivation is that we're supporting a, the harmonization of chi. So that's the intention. Now, when we think about you know, our physical practice, we, if I come back to just the, the execution of a pose, we start the pose by naming what are we intending to target. When we start the energy, energy cultivation practice, we name the intention of what we're trying to develop. That's the harmonization of chi. Then the next question is, well, how do we do that? 
when we do posture work, the teacher will say to target the inner thighs, either, you know, try butterfly pose, try dragonfly pose, try tadpole, try frog. You, you do one of the postures or a variation of the pose that uh, often helps support people to feel the targeted sensation in their body. And, and as we know, because of skeletal variation, everybody's bones are different. Not everybody will do the same alignment. Nobody, not, uh, no, there is no single alignment that works for everybody. And that's because of the unique variations that we all have. So on the functional approach to alignment, we say, okay, we're trying to target, say, the inner legs. Some of you take your legs wide in a seated forward fold. Some of you bring your feet together and let your knees go wide in a seated forward fold. Some of you come on your back, hold your knees and take your knees wide. Those are all different posture formations holding the same intention of targeting the inner thighs. And I'm, I'm specifically um, referring to the physical execution of a pose so that we can transpose the same quality of the same uh, approach to working with the energy. And what I'm, what I'm leading up to saying is there isn't a one size fits all way to influence the energy, just as there's not one size fits all way to do the pose. Everybody's coming in with a unique presentation, a unique dynamic, a unique disharmony or a unique pattern. And as a result, the teacher particularly in a yin yoga class, but the acupuncturist can't do, uh, this applies to an acupuncturist too. The acupuncturist does not have a one size fits all approach for how an individual wants to harmonize their chi. So what we do at the second stage of the functional approach is we talk about actions. How do we harmonize the chi? So the, this is the actions of really ask, answer the question, how? Intention is, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this practice? So the, the, the intention for why we're doing it is to harmonize our chi. How involves the actions. And from a, uh, from a, a functional approach, I'll say the four ways that the Taoists identified to influence the chi were these. Four ways to influence the chi. And these are going to sound really familiar, I hope. But the first, is posture, how we hold the body will influence the chi. And I would say that's working at the level of the gross body. So the gross manifestation of our being, how we occupy our pose, how we position the body, whether we're sitting in a forward fold, in a back bend, in a hip opener, walking, standing, running, how we engage the body, how we hold the body will influence the chi. The second aspect to ways of influencing the chi that the Taoists identified were, was how we breathe. So our breath, and this is working at the subtle level. And we'll be, we'll be opening up and exploring specific ways that I'll refer to our breath work as yin forms of pranayama. So yin styles of pranayama is, is the, sort of the breathing theme that we'll be exploring in this training. And then from the breath, we also have the intentions of our mind and heart and our awareness or attention. So intention and attention, paying attention to uh, what we're intending to do and also developing sensitivity to 
the feedback we're getting within our experience. In other words, the feedback of response. How is our how is our experience developing as a consequence or as a result of being in the posture, breathing in a particular way, and holding certain intentions? And I would say this is going to emphasize the causal level more. Another way to influence the chi is through pressure, through acupressure, whether it's specific, uh, sort of pressing on specific acupuncture points or using tools like a gua sha stone. These are ancient Chinese implements for influencing the chi where you gently scrape the channel or scrape part of the body with a, with a, with a blunt stone or a, a, a jade tool or a, some kind of special uh, precious stone, I should say. Um, that's a, those are uh, very uh, old ways of influencing the chi through acupressure and massage in a way. Um, and then there's the 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 whole theoretical and, and sort of uh, what I'm looking for is clinical approach of or therapeutic approach of of acupuncture, which is using needles. Now we're obviously not going to be using needles in our yin yoga practice, um, and and that's for a couple of reasons. One is that a uh, it would be very hard to maintain a clean needle field and um, and and keep keep a room of, of practitioners safe if everybody had needles in them. That would be hard, a very hard thing to manage. But it's also um, bo- the reason we don't. I would not recommend using needles in the in the yoga practice. Is that uh, an acupuncturist does not work on the same points for for um, for everybody that comes in. So if, if you had five people coming in with headaches, the the headache. Each person that has a headache would have to be um, diagnosed. They would have to go through a process of differential diagnosis, where the practitioner would listen to and ask about all the variety of symptoms and signs that that person has, to see what the pattern of disharmony is, what what the what the weather pattern of disharmony is. And in Chinese medicine, there might be five to ten broad patterns of disharmony. That all have different flavors, that have all have different uh, sets of symptoms and signs, that lead to the experience of headaches. So headaches is a branch symptom that emerges out of uh, broad patterns of disharmony, and not everybody has the same patterns of disharmony. So the, the points that an acupuncturist uses, the, the specific points that are needled in acupuncture, are chosen to rectify the specific pattern of disharmony. And um, for that reason, I I feel like yin yoga does not work at the level of specific uh, patterns of disharmony. And and we don't want to, we really can't teach that way because if you teach a class with 10 people, you're going to have 10 different patterns of harmony or disharmony in the room. And you can't, you won't be able to address the specific needs of each individual but what you can offer is this generalized approach of posture, breath, and intention, attention that people can customize within their, within their experience to help nudge their particular pattern, whatever it is, towards homeostasis. And that's um, kind of a broader theme that I try to really speak to is that by bringing the posture, breath, and intention, attention together, we promote we give the body a homeostatic nudge. And the idea is that that 
stimulation of the practice will help. It gives the body a good stimulation to help balance whatever it might be uh, out of balance without specifically working in the same way or, as an acupuncturist might. So, this, so acupuncturists work very specifically on specific patterns of disharmony with specific points on channels to address those patterns. Yin yoga and Qigong work very generally and broadly with the same um, same elements. We still we're working with chi, we're working with the body, we're working with the emotions, but we 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 work with these things more more generally to to promote a uh, homeostatic nudge, which leads to the experience of chi harmonization. So homeost good good homeostasis would be um, a, a, an experience of harmonized chi as well. So this is the this is the the, the bread and butter of teaching yin, uh, energy work in Yin Yoga is having cues and ways of talking about the posture, integrating the posture with the breath, or integrating the breath within the posture, and then working with specific intentions and development of attention to harmonize and bring these these three or four elements together in a unified way. So we, we now have the first two elements of the functional approach to working with yin yoga and energy. The third is this issue of evaluating how things are going. So after we identify the intention, after we take some actions, after we start to practice, then we need to evaluate um, how it's going. Now, in just on the physical level of doing a pose, the feedback time scale on action and evaluation is pretty short. Meaning you, when you go into a pose, you're, you're encouraged to try a few different ways of doing the pose. And then with each way that you try to do the pose, you would be in the moment evaluating, am I getting the sensation in the right area? Am I avoiding sensation I'm trying to avoid? So for example, Let's say you're doing swan or the yin version of pigeon. You go into the pose. Am I feeling it in the outer hip? If so, great. Am I avoiding sensation in my knee? And if so, great. So you're, the, the physical intentions of the pose are met. Your evaluation gives you that time to, to check in with whether the intentions of the pose are being met or not. And then you can, from there, decide either to stay or, or, or um, continue and, and or, or to shift and, and to come out and try something else. So that's at the level of doing a physical pose. Now, working with the energy, the time scale opens up a bit. Because yes, you will be sensitive to in the moment cause and effect. But uh, in terms of the stimulations to our energy and the overall development of our being, we may need more uh, longer periods of time to really assess the functional influence that the practice is having on us. So this is where keeping a journal is really helpful. And I'm going to encourage you guys to do that. And after we practice that after a practice, I'll say, please take a five to 10 minutes and just jot down how you're feeling now and, and how you felt with the practice. When you get up in the morning, write down some of your thoughts about how, you, how you're feeling then. So over time, you start to see how the practice is, is affecting you. And I say that because particularly in this module, uh, one of the things that we discuss is how with any kind of therapeutic intervention, so, and I would say 
Yin yoga is a generalized form of therapeutic intervention, but with any kind of therapeutic intervention, at least in the, in the complementary medicine world that I'm in as an acupuncturist, there's a, a concept known as a, as a healing crisis where symptoms can get exacerbated or inflamed or irritated or just feel worse for a short window of time after the intervention has been um, employed. So maybe after you get a, a treatment of acupuncture, maybe after you get a body work session, maybe after you do a couple of days of a yin yoga intensive, whatever it is, there can be sometimes an, an exacerbation of some symptoms that, that the person's experiencing. Um, and it would be, you know, if, if you, if, if you had, I should say that those, those exacerbated symptoms usually last no more than about 24 to 48 hours. So if, if there's a difficulty that comes up after practice and it is sort of short lived, it only lives for maybe, and hangs around for 24 to 48 hours, I tend to categorize it within the concept of a healing crisis of sorts. If the symptoms that get worse linger beyond that 24, 48 hour window, then I start to think, well, maybe there's something, there's some action occurring within the practice, uh, that, whether it was the breath or the body's uh, edge that was being held. There's some, some action within the practice that was actually not so uh, appropriate. It was a stimulation that was destabilizing or promoting disharmony. So just tracking in, in, on the energetic level, tracking how you feel during the practice, how you feel after practice, keeping kind of an ongoing journal, how you feel in general, these are going to, these are ways to help you evaluate the impact or the consequence of your yoga, your yin yoga practice on your energy. And really putting this in the broader spiritual sense, this evaluation develops a sensitivity to loosely what I refer to as karma. Not, it's not my term, obviously, but it's my application of the term where uh, karma, at least the way I, I kind of think about it, karma refer, literally means action and the results of action. And I think in the spiritual process of waking up more and more becoming more and more conscious part of that involves that 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 increased consciousness involves an increased sensitivity to cause and effect that sensitivity begins at the physical level so when we work with functional alignment we're developing a sensitivity to karma at the level of the body when I hold my body in this posture, at this alignment, at this edge, my experience is like this. When I hold my body in, this, in a similar posture with this alignment, it's a little bit different. At this edge, which may be more or less, this is the experience that emerges. You're just, you're on the physical level, we start there and we learn to get more karmically sensitive to the appropriate alignment for our unique body. And then from that level, from that layer, we can now become sensitive to the cause and effect of how we're breathing, the breath pattern that we engage with, how that influences what we feel and experience. And 
uh, as we'll see, we get into the level of, of, of kind of mind-heart intentions. How do we want to be with the sensation? How do, how, do we, how do we hold a feeling of fear? How do we hold irritability and frustration or, or worry and anxiety? All of that starts to refine our perception of cause and effect, both at the physical, energetic, and then psycho-emotional level. So this, this is a huge, I think, spiritual tool, this, this functional approach. To, and it, the, the other part of it, which is kind of implicit, I just want to make sure I, I don't um, neglect to say, is that overall, a broad theme here is that the functional approach puts the responsibility on the student. The student is responsible for uh, learning through listening to what the intention is, learning and listening to what the potential actions are. But the student is really the one that's responsible for evaluating how it's going. So that's why, you know, in, in the in the on the physical level, I say my role as a teacher is to tell you what the intentions of the physical practice are and to tell you some of the actions for how you can achieve those intentions. But you are the one, I'm not in your skin. You have to evaluate whether or not you are experiencing the, uh, the, uh, the state of intentions. And again, the, the tricky thing about the, the, the energy piece of this, and I would say the meditative piece is that that evaluation again is not done at a time scale of several of just a few seconds but the evaluation is much broader it's it's over um, many weeks and months and years of practice to really start to evaluate the overall trend or development within your being as a result of these practices but the student um what i always appreciate about the functional approach is that the a, a the teacher isn't so much the authority on the student's experience and, and this will will come through this come come through this theme in many different ways. But often students want to know: Am I doing this correctly? Does this look right? What this happened? What does this mean? A lot of questions you'll get from students if you're teaching are could be categorized under the heading: Teacher, please tell me if this is correct. <laughs> Am I doing this right? What should be happening? And what I love about the functional approach is that the functional approach shifts that student, that teacher student relationship. The teacher isn't the authority on the student's experience. The teacher is more of a facilitator helping the student better understand and have language to talk about what they're experiencing. And when the student has a better sense of what's going on, they're then empowered to make wiser decisions and choices for themselves within the experience or practice. So it's, it's really, an, I think the whole functional approach is an attempt to uh, empower the students and place the responsibility within the students so that they take charge in one way of their own development. And they're not kind of uh, infantilized in a relationship with a teacher in a way. But just like the physical side of the practice, once we evaluate you know, in the course of practicing, while we're, when we evaluate our actions and, and how they sit within the intentions of the practice, then we can decide to either uh, stay, con- continue on, continue with what's been going on, 
continue with something or change it. This, this theme will be made tangible, I think, when we talk about playing the pranic edge. So just as we have a physical edge in the pose, a physical edge within the posture, in this module, I'll be referring to a pranic edge. And I just use the word prana instead of chi because pranic edge rolls off the tongue more easily than chi-ik edge <laughs> to, to, to make it into an adjective. Um, prana uh, is, at least in the way I'll be using it, is synonymous with chi. It's the life force that, that supports our life. And um, we can awaken within the, the, the plane of the edge. We can awaken to a pranic edge whereby we can optimize the, the chi flow at that edge. Um, so that's something we'll explore, we'll be exploring more in the practice together. But those are the four main ways that we uh, employ in the functional approach to cultivating energy within yin yoga. Okay, I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And um, what I just want to remind you of is that talk that you just listened to is the second talk of my upcoming online yin yoga and traditional Chinese training uh, course. So if you'd like to get more into the weeds, into the depths and essential elements of the Chinese medical model and how yin yoga, I think, really collaborates well with these elements to support health, both physically, energetically, emotionally, and psycho-spiritually, uh, do check out that course. There's a link for you in the show notes, and it's a course that will be running over three months from March 1st to May 31st, giving you, we hope, the time and um, space to really engage with and integrate and digest the material at a rate that uh, works for you or in a way that works for you. So we look forward to practicing with you and we thank you for your attention today. Please do share this episode with any of your colleagues or friends you think might be interested in this material and or the training. We really appreciate your help in getting the word out and thank you in advance. Okay, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take good care, stay safe, keep practicing, and I'll see you soon. Take good care. Thank you.